0: Good morning and welcome to Our Town on Classic Hits 103.7 and 1340 WAGN 100.1 FM. I am Amber Mishka, and this morning I am joined by Marinette School District Superintendent Corey Lambie talking about referendum 2020. The Marinette School District is seeking a $30.9 million referendum this November which would fund the consolidation of the six district buildings into just four as well as renovate some of those remaining facilities. So good morning to you Mr. Lambie.
1: Morning Amber. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us and let's get right into it talking about the breakdown of specifically how this $30.9 million would be used if ultimately approved by voters in, in November.
1: Okay. Thank you. Uh, first of all, a, a big chunk of the $30.9 will be dedicated to our elementary buildings where we will need additions at Park and Merriman Elementary. So those renovations total approximately $22.8 is what we've come through with our architects and engineers In addition to that $22.8 million, um, we've got $2.3 million in existing uh, roof projects at the middle school and the high school. We also need to upgrade our middle school cafeteria and restrooms uh, to the tune of about $400,000. Our high school library needs an upgrade for $400,000, and our high school fire alarm system needs an upgrade for $300,000 for a total of $26.2 million, roughly. Um, and then the remainder of the referendum dollars comes through what we identify as furniture, fixtures, equipment, and contingencies and fees. So there's a roughly a, a $4 million, $5 million amount that goes towards those additional things that will be brought in, hopefully, once the referendum passes.
0: And so we are talking about uh, reducing the number of facilities you operate from six down to four, and yet we're talking about expanding some of the existing buildings. Um, can you give us a little bit of the reasoning behind that?
1: We certainly can. So right now we operate four elementary buildings. And and um, Sunrise and Garfield have some pretty big ticket items that need to be fixed at those buildings, starting with roofs, uh, there's some water sewage and some water main work that needs to be done, tuck pointing. So there are uh, we, roughly $2 million in expenses totaled at those two buildings of, of work that just needs to be done to keep them keep them up and running. And with that, then you mix in some of the ongoing maintenance fees for those two buildings that would be um, either eliminated, eliminated or minimized if the referendum were to pass. So that's one part of looking at the right sizing. And I appreciate your question. When you look at, okay, if we're right sizing, then why do we need to add on to buildings? Well, we currently are unable to transition full classes of students of 100 plus students in a particular grade level and move them collectively into a building. So by closing two buildings or right sizing the district as we call it and adding on to the sites where we have room. If you were over in in the area of Park Elementary School you see that they have a lot of land or space available where we could build and part of the plan that's exciting and I don't don't mean to digress too much from the question but we can isolate the entrance at that time. Uh, We're looking for a single safe entrance where we can isolate guests if they were to come into the room or come into the building for sing-alongs we can keep them out of the academic wings or the different areas Um, same thing at Merriman we feel that there's some some room there to grow where we can add on at that site and also we'll still have ample parking for our staff Um, Garfield and and Sunrise on the other hand Garfield is landlocked. It's just one single block. So if we were to attempt to add on to that facility, we wouldn't have much room for parking or playground area or playground equipment. So when people look at that dollar amount, as well as what we're trying to accomplish, um, one thing I want to make sure that we talk about today is making sure that we understand where those dollars are going and then also some savings that could come in. Right now, working with our Engineers and some of our financial planners that have worked closely with our team, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as our team from Marinette School District. I, I used the number before $22.8 million in additions at Merriman and Park Elementary. Over that 20-year span of the referendum, we anticipate that we could save close to $20.7 million at that same time. So just over about $2 million difference between those two dollar amounts, and the good news about that dollar savings, as soon as the referendum were to pass, if we're fortunate enough for it to pass, um, as soon as that happens, those dollar savings begin to show for us. So then we can put those into educational programming and direct those towards our students to provide the tools and resources, not just for our staff, but all also for our students to receive that safe, challenging, and personalized learning experience.
0: And now let's backtrack a little bit because obviously this right-sizing project is many months in the making here. Yes. And when it was first proposed, when it first got rolling, you were eyeing a, a three-building option, yes. but you did kind of reverse reverse track on that. And we're looking at four buildings now. Talk a little bit about that decision.
1: Certainly. So initially, um, this, this project began really in conversation over two years ago, we started looking down the road and saying, okay, where are, we, where are we going to be from a student enrollment standpoint? What are we going to need from a facility standpoint? How are we going to best serve our students, our staff, and our community? So as we started those conversations, we thought, who better to get involved than the community? So we, we had community groups come in very early on and start the discussion. And one proposal that we came up with from a school district standpoint was, was the three-building option, where we were going to have the middle school and high school stay intact as they are, but then hopefully add on to Park Elementary and close three buildings. Um, and that would that would mean transition for all students, grades K through 12. The the, the setup would have included some uh, fourth graders moving to the middle school, eighth graders moving to the high school. We shared that with the community, and, and quite honestly, they didn't like that plan. Uh, they, they came back and said, you know, can we go back to the drawing board? Did you ever think of a four-building option? And we said, certainly, let's put it on the put it on the table and let's see what that design would look like, which brought us to where we are today. So through that process, where we, we initially thought a three-building option would be appropriate and something we could handle, we feel the four-building option is also very doable and it's great for our kids. Uh, one thing that we really like about it, we've been using the term learning centers, and that's been around for years, so we just do our best to make sure people understand what that would be. We would have our early childhood through first grade students all at Merriman Elementary. We would have our students in grades two through four all at Park Elementary, and then grades five through eight would stay at the middle school, grades nine through 12 would stay at the high school, and we would carry on. And some of the advantages when we think of the um, educational excellence side of things, when we think of going with that learning centers approach, is you have all of your resources right there. It would be less travel for our shared staff um, to have all students building their social and emotional skills with an entire class of, say, 120 students rather than just 20 or 30 kids at Park or 20 or 30 kids at Merriman. Or Garfield or Sunrise. Now they get that full span of their grade hoping to spend their entire educational career of 13 years with their graduating class of 130 students. So we look at it from a friendship building standpoint for our students, but how great would it be to have all seven first grade, second grade teachers in the same building together where they can communicate and they can collaborate on a nightly basis. Right now having our teachers spread throughout buildings Collaboration is a very difficult thing to do, to have those talented staff members in the same building where they can talk on a daily basis and say, okay, Next week when we do this, the feedback that I'm getting is this is how we should modify it for our students. So, so there are many benefits of, of right-sizing that I think we sometimes lose sight of that we focus on closing two buildings. Well, really the positive side of this, when you right-size, you bring together some talented resources on the staff side. And more importantly, those students get an opportunity to develop some relationships with kids they wouldn't see until they stepped foot into the middle school.
0: Can you uh, expand a little bit more on some of the um, budget challenges that the district has faced with uh, growing operational costs, of course, and then um, falling revenues made from the state level?
1: Certainly. Uh, so in in some of our PowerPoint presentations, and I don't have all of the statistics memorized, but since about 2000, Marinette School District has seen declining enrollment. We're getting to a point where we're seeing it start to level off a little bit, but we still see a little bit of a decline, um, as you've seen with graduating classes. And I'm just going to throw some estimates out there, but I think Our graduating class of last year was approximately 170 kids, and we're bringing in a a kindergarten class of 120 kids. So that difference of 50 students is quite drastic when you look at the the state aid and the state funding that we receive based on enrollment. So, one, the dollars we're receiving from the state are going down because our enrollment is going down. At the same time, our expenses are going up based on running six buildings rather than potentially running four buildings. So now we have to start almost pitting our dollars against one another are we going to pay for educational programming or are we going to pay to keep roofs on buildings snowplow those buildings heat those buildings so that's the dilemma we're in as a district however because we went out and got support and input from the community we feel that they've given us some pretty good ideas on how we can move forward as a district we want to we want to establish ourselves as a district that serves approximately 2,000 students which is where we at now where we are at now, but also have the ability that if there is some growth or if we see some students come in, we also have the space available that we can do that. So these additions that we're looking at at Park and at Merriman will provide some larger classrooms where we can fit some class sizes in there where they can socially distance which is a big thing at this time but also provide that outstanding education so I I, I want to make sure I I answered your question to, to your satisfaction yes we're seeing decline in enrollment at the same time when your enrollment is going down the dollars you receive as a district from the state go down with it at the same time we're seeing the cost of our of our expenses in the district increasing so we're trying to get that balancing act where we can still provide an outstanding education for our kids
0: All right. Well, we do have to take a short break, but stay tuned. We'll be back with Marinette School District Superintendent Corey Lambie after this on Our Town. We are back on Our Town on Classic Hits 103.7 and 1340 WAGN 100.1 FM. I am Amber Mishka, and this morning we are talking about Referendum 2020. That is the Marinette School District's uh, $30.9 million referendum that they're seeking on the November ballot. And I am joined by Marinette School District Superintendent Corey Lambie. Now, the two goals of this right-sizing effort and the referendum itself are to benefit the district, uh, both academically and, and financially. Of course, you're talking about being operationally efficient and educational. Excellent. So let's talk about the, the education, the academic side of this thing. Um, what are the benefits for students? What kind of new opportunities will, will open up to them um, under this plan? Very
1: good question, and and I appreciate that question because I think through this all we sometimes get focused on the the, the financial piece of it because you see a dollar amount of thirty point nine million and it impacts people's taxes and they want to know where their dollars are going and I can promise you it's going towards an excellent education that will that'll positively positively impact our community. Um, one thing for starters, when you look at the educational excellence side of things, is optimal class sizes. <clears throat> an example that I've shared because of the COVID situation that we're in in the pandemic. Right Right now we had one class at an elementary school at a particular grade level that had 27 kids on their roster across the district at a different school in in Marinette School District. There were uh, 16 or 17 kids at that exact same grade level. So when you have a learning center approach and you look at the educational excellence, one thing that we can do is go with our board policy or our board um, procedure where we want to try and perform with optimal class sizes. So what does that mean? That means that we give a strong balance to the class sizes across the district and try and keep those at a number that the teacher can be most effective while the students can also be successful without getting lost in the numbers of a big class like 26 or 27. So one of our educational excellence goals is to make sure that we remain and and, and continue with those optimal class sizes. Also, as I mentioned earlier, um, the money that can be saved in this process can immediately go towards educational programming resources and tools to provide our teachers and our students with resources that can provide them that safe, challenging, and also personalized learning experience. Um, We want our students to feel safe when they come to school. It's no longer just about reading, math, language arts, science, and social studies. We have a huge responsibility to work with our students on social, emotional learning, and I think our teachers have really taken that challenge and they're they're enjoying it. One thing we've brought in are our morning meetings where our students are able to just get in and there might be a particular topic that they talk about on that particular day. Well, if that's consistent across the district, the students are learning those same social and emotional skills across the district. So that's one thing that we also see. We would also love to see our students spend 13 years together as a collective group of kindergartners, rather than starting out at Sunrise, breaking off and transitioning into three elementary schools, then joining back together at the middle school. Um, Continuing on with the educational excellence side of things, not not just from the students receiving that personalized learning and some of the technology skills and tools that they may be able to receive, what about our staff? Um, We feel by having this type of an arrangement, and I I alluded to this earlier, they can very easily collaborate with one another by grade level. Um, We can align students with the teaching delivery model that a particular teacher might use. Teachers have different personalities just as students have different personalities. So you have a very young son, Amber, so in a few years when he comes in Marinette School District, hopefully we can align his learning styles with a particular teacher that has those same skills to try and develop him as he goes. So as we work through that, we want to make sure we know our students on a very personalized level and can say, you know what, this student would be a good fit next year for Teacher A. We can't do that right now when we've got those students spread at three different buildings. So that Learning Center approach we feel will bring us some of that education educational excellence with not just our students but our staff and also our staff leading into the community where community can have some input and some voice into how we help service their particular students. You could make a teacher request now for any first grade teacher rather than just choosing from the two teachers at Garfield, let's say. So we feel it's just a, a huge engi- when we, when we st- preface and stress educational excellence, we feel that's where this is going to move us forward. That yes, we need to talk about that financial side and look at that dollar sign, but we also need to look at what we're going to do for our kids and for our community.
0: You are obviously talking about COVID every single day, and yes. going, it's going to come up here yes. too. Has the COVID <clears throat> pandemic highlighted the need for any additional features or space in the facilities? You did talk briefly about um, larger classrooms, yes. but I'm thinking maybe um, on the technology side of things, some opportunities, if we should see a, a situation like this again in the future.
1: That's a very good question. It's something that we've talked about on how we best serve our students in all cases. Um, COVID has has brought out the best in us, that it was a challenge that came in late late March or early March last year, and caught us off guard, so we were in a very reactionary mode at that time. Now we're being much more proactive, and and we are doing virtual learning at all levels at this time, that students have that ability to to do an at-home learning model. Um, One thing that, that we've shared with our Board of Education, based on the age of our buildings, 15 students in a classroom that is very old in, let's say, Garfield Elementary versus 15 students in a potential new classroom in the addition at Park or Merriman is going to look completely different. So we're looking at making our classrooms a little bit larger so it is easier to physically distance kids, but that's not the only reason we would make that decision. We would make that decision so then we can work kids in small groups that we have individualized tables, we have comfortable seating, there's bean bags that you now see in classrooms rather than the old desks that maybe we sat in, that kids learn in different different learning styles and different formats. So we're, we're really excited about some of the things that Somerville architects have brought forward. We're also working with C.D. Smith as our construction manager, looking at some of the development if we get to that point where the referendum is successful, that we can start designing those classrooms to be prepared for this from an on-site standpoint. But then back to your question on the technology standpoint, how do we serve those kids if they go out from a virtual uh, from a virtual standpoint? And we feel comfortable right now we're in a good spot that we're using some, some different learning models, um, whether it's Seesaw at the elementary school, and that's a that's a resource in education that maybe a lot of listeners don't know about. But then we're also using Canvas as a learner management system. We use Odysseyware. So we have some tools in place right now. What we're looking forward to is if if we move to this new referendum, not only can we Can we space our students in classrooms that would exist on site? But then also if we have families that choose to go with an at-home learning or a personalized learning model where their students do not come on site, that we can satisfy that need as well.
0: Getting down to the dollars and cents of it, what is the anticipated cost to taxpayers? And have you been able to kind of gauge their temperature, especially in these um, maybe more uncertain economic times than when this project was first proposed?
1: Sure. So a couple things. Uh, Marinette School District is one of 8 percent of the districts in the state of Wisconsin that has zero referendum cost at this time, zero referendum bills on, on on the on the books. So that is one thing that we're excited about. Our mill rate is seven percent lower than the average mill rate in the state of Wisconsin. So we feel the time is good based on the interest rates and where we're at as as a district. Uh, the tax impact, what our um, financial side, and we've worked with Baird and also our financial um, director for the district, Sean Kelly, the, the mill rate, we're looking at 93 cents per $1,000 of valuation. So what does that mean if you own a $100,000 piece of property your maximum annual impact would be $93 a year or a monthly impact of only $7.75. So we know it is a very challenging time with COVID. We also think this is a very good time financially for Marinette School District to look at this because we have been very frugal in past years. And and Sean Kelly is always very humble and quick to point out that our previous Um, financial directors or finance directors for the district have done a great job uh, keeping our budget tight and keeping our our mill rate low. Um, So there will be minimal impact, but still an impact. However, we think that we should look at it rather than an expense, but an investment in our future and an investment in our community that will better our kids and better our community down the road, that hopefully it'll make our community even more attractive for young families to settle here and begin because of an outstanding education system. So the minimum impact that we see financially, we're hoping will be pay dividends in the future with our, with our schools.
0: What kind of a timeline are you looking at if the referendum is approved?
1: Okay, so we are and I always have to make this clear because we we get confusion on the on the years. We are currently in the 2021 school year. Um, Next year would be a lot of planning and preparation and design work where we again would be looking at the community and also staff to come in and give us some suggestions as we design. So that would be the 21-22 school year. But there would be plenty of work taking place as soon as this were to pass to make sure we've got plans in place so when the snow is gone next spring, people can get right to work. So we're in 2021. Next year would be 21-22. We would hope, and it's a pretty aggressive timeline, but we think we could transition into these buildings in the 2020. 2022-2023 school year, and hopefully have some some things that may still need completion, but things that can be accomplished while students are in place. So let the big work get done during the summers that, that would take place before that 22-23 school year, and then hopefully kick off that school year with a, a new setup in a right size district.
0: What is the plan for the, the buildings that will be vacated if the referendum is approved? Um, I'm thinking particularly Garfield Elementary up the street here. I'm um, that's a that's a big building to leave sitting vacant there.
1: It certainly is. So hopefully we would be able to sell both buildings. That's the ultimate goal. Um, we're, we're working with uh, an appraisal, a local appraisal company, and we anticipate those coming here in the next few weeks that we'll know exactly what the dollar amounts are. But uh, according to our facilities director, Tom Tickler, there has already been some interest and some conversation in Garfield Elementary School Um, so the the first wish would be to close those and close them properly and, and know that there's a lasting legacy in those schools that we have closed. So how do we own and live with that legacy as we move forward as an educational system? But to answer your question, goal number one would be to sell those, uh, if they're unable to be sold, then obviously you have to either pay some fees to keep them open or eventually look at raising them. And some of the in estimates, the initial estimates to raise them, and I've got those right here from Tom uh, Garfield would be approximately $370,000 to raise and Sunrise would be $137,000 to raise. So we want to get those amounts out there so people are aware of them. Goal number one would be to sell them. If we can't sell them and eventually need to raise them, those are the those are the dollar, dollar amounts that would come with that.
0: And we've covered a lot here today, but I'm sure people have more questions about this. Where can they get uh, more information? As I understand, you're hosting some virtual uh, neighborhood meetings coming up.
1: Yes. So a couple neighborhood meetings that we have coming up. Um, So first of all, we have a website out there. If you just go to Marinette School District um, or marinette.k12.wi.us, and then there's a link there that's right-sizing the district. On that district, you can find three informational videos. We have a financial frequently asked questions document that's um, getting a lot of momentum and a lot of attention because people want to know the financial implications and the impact of it. Uh, We are um, moving into October here. Today is October 1st, so we've got one planned next Tuesday Um, That's a community information session. Again, there's a link available. We're doing everything virtually right now because of the pandemic and because of COVID that we don't feel it's responsible on our part to try and bring in the entire community into the gymnasium. We feel bad about that. We wish we could talk in person, but um, please pick up the phone. Send me an email. I'll reach out. I'll I'll talk in person to anyone about um, some of the positives because we want people to cast an informed vote. That's been our goal throughout this. So in October, we've got dates on October 6th. October 8th. October 10th, which is a Saturday morning, um, October 13th, and October 27th. Two of those are neighborhood meetings, mainly for the folks in the area of Park and Merriman. We will be sending out letters to them in the in the upcoming week. So those people have an idea that we aren't building a skyscraper next to Park or next to Merriman, <clears throat> that they can be aware of what the design is going to look like. We want to keep those very informal. There won't be much of a, a PowerPoint presentation. It's just going to be virtual. It's going to be open mic where they can say, okay, well, I want to know what's this going to do to parking. What's it going to do to drop off and pick up? And I I don't want to get away from the dates and times, Amber, so please give me the hook if I'm talking too long. But one thing that we've heard about Park School right now is drop off and pick up is very congested. Mm -hmm. So as we design this new building, um, we would hope that Owena Street would be where we could drop students off and pick them up. It's a much longer road that would make it easier for buses to pick up and drop off, but also then parents could still drop off on the other side of the building to keep it safer. So those are some things that we would like to talk through at our neighborhood meetings with Park and Merriman so they know specifically what this would look like in their neighborhoods.
0: All right. Well, I've been joined today by Marinette School District Superintendent Corey Lambie talking about Referendum 2020. For more information, you can go online to marinette.k12.wi.us. I am Amber Mishka. As always, thank you for joining us on Our Town.
1: Thank you.